A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You can live a long, healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals U. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Hey, 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 Russian Nation. Murph and I have got 99 problems, but the century isn't one. We are one away from our centenary show. Hold tight for that coming later on in the week. It's going to be a good one. There's going to be four people on. It's going to be the four musketeers. I don't even know if that's right, Murph. Four, three musketeers. It's three musketeers, right? Yeah. Plus D'Artagnan, yeah. who's who knows what he is. But We can assign that to one of the boys. Yep. Uh, <laughs> we'll do a Twitter poll as to who should be D'Artagnan. <laughs> <laughs> so you just heard his laugh. Murph's in the studio. Big man, how you doing? Yes, brother. All good. It's the best day of the week. It's Tuesday. We're in the studio. Scott Fishbowl has started. Stop it. It's been... It's just been crazy. It's loving it. Draft yeah. season is well and truly here. Yeah, since How last time. I Mate, thank you. I'm good. Uh, tired. I'm good. Got a little story to fill your eardrums with Rush Nation in about 20 seconds, but... Just want to explain to you how many drafts Murph and I were in on Sunday night. It all went a little bit mental rather quickly. And uh, we ended up in three or four or maybe... I don't. I think we were in five. Five drafts. So we had the the live draft, which I was in person. Yeah, and that's for our local... Uh, ho- sort of like a home league. Yeah. Then there was the auction league, listener league, which started and ended, which was done online but was in a live scenario no slow drafting it was literally like 45 seconds to... I, I have, 
My phone went mental during that period. I was at home looking after the bear and oh my goodness, I've got three stud receivers and then I had to build the rest of my team with pennies. It went, I don't know what happened. I clicked bid and it just kept going. And, oh, you spent 56 quid on Julio Hopkins, uh, Julio Jones and Nuke Hopkins and uh, Michael Thomas as well. So I was left with nothing to build mine. To, oh, and it's two quarterback as well. So I missed out on basically everybody. But here nor there, my team's pretty good. And then we had the stacked offense listener league which is two qb four wide receiver four running back two tight end four flex yep and a 12 team and then we had the uh tight end premium super flex listener league and then we had the charity dynasty uh and uh gb under 19s league which kicked off over the weekend so those three are slower drafts so luckily there was only the odd pick going in between um, but there were five drafts at any one time going on, and three of those drafts are still going on now. Um, it was very, very difficult to stay on top of it, let me tell you. I have a great story from one of those drafts, but you tell your story, and then I will share the story from the one of the listener leagues. Okay, so Murph and I, we tend to... Well, it goes like this, basically. I pick Murph up from the station, we drive to the studio, have a bit of talk about the show, general banter, uh, moan about the weather if it's raining, and then... We let ourselves into the studio, proceed to get ready for the show, and grace your ear holes, I suppose. This week was slightly different, and that's because Murph and I turned up to a box of beer from beermenow.co.uk. Yeah, beermenow.co.uk. They are a beer subscription service. So basically, you go on the website, you fill in what beers you like, and then they provide you with eight a month. Yeah, so they can do monthly, bi-monthly, or quarterly. You get eight craft beers plus a snack, depending on which option you choose to have delivered. And we got a box delivered to the studio, so thank you very much. Beer me now. Yeah, so Evan got in touch with us, who's uh, one of the co-founders, Alex and Evan. Uh, Evan, and he's like, um, he just actually got in touch not to promote the brand. He said, oh, yeah, beer me now, because that's the Twitter handle. They got in touch with us just to say that we have been a big fan of American football. Just got into it over like the last year, and... Um, just be, I found your podcast and just I'm really enjoying it and it was basically started as that and uh, he told us about what they're doing it's amazing and he said well let me send you a box and we were like okay we both like beer um, so I've got my hands right now actually not on a beer but on a cider it's a raspberry ripple um, cider with um, vanilla as well in there you've got yourself a right tasty little beer though damn you? straight I have so we, we should say that they're they get their beers from local breweries from the UK, as well as larger craft breweries like Tiny Rebel, for example. And I've got, I don't even know where this is from, but it's called the Traditional East End Hefeweizen, or Weizen, Weizen, I suppose, because it's a wheat beer. And it's got some sort of ludicrously sexy label on the outside of the can. It's, it's from Hackney Wick. Well, there you go, Hackney Wick. And I, I tasted it and said, Murph, this tastes like the East End. And then Murph had a go and said, oh, that's fun. So it's a pretty good one. Get yourself on the traditional East End Hefeweizen. Murph's Raspberry Ripple, I'm not so sure on. It's, like, it's like ice cream. It's actually, it's really nice. <laughs> Do you want to sip? No, because I don't like raspberries, uh, but thank you. It's 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 really nice. It's like Raspberry Ripple ice cream. It's um, it's pretty outstanding, actually. So these guys just come up with some really cool, um, like they, they obviously find like little microbreweries and they've got ones from Wales, they've got ones from Scotland, literally just all over. It's a, it's a really, really incredible, really nice box. 
sent along some uh, popcorn. We've got some rhubarb and custard popcorn as well. So, Which is exactly how it sounds. They have smashed up rhubarb and crumble crisps and then stuck it to the outside of popcorn. So we will eat that at the end of this show and we'll let you know how it is at the beginning of the next show. How about that, Rush Nation? Definitely. But we should mention over the next four weeks, Murph and I will be sampling a beer each from this box of eight that we had delivered including the snack, but that's not going to last eight weeks. That will last about 34 seconds at the beginning of the next end of week's show. Now, we've got a promo code. It wouldn't be without, you know, it wouldn't be remiss of us not to, to big these guys up considering they got in contact just to talk about fantasy football and not even about the beer. So, Rush Nation, if you hit beermenow.co.uk, choose your box and then add the promo code 5 yard rush. one word, it halves the price. So you get eight beers for £12.50, it doesn't even say delivery. I'm presuming that's delivery included. Yeah, that's included. Exactly. So twelve fifty. Add five yard rush into the thing. We'll get you half price beer, and you can choose whether it's monthly, bi monthly, or quarterly. The beer I've had so far is marvelous. So go hit them up, and that's beermenow.co.uk. Right, Murph. Today's show. What are we doing? We are covering off. We're going to do some reviews. Um, pleased to say that we have hit the sixty review threshold, which is incredible rush nation you did it in about 10 days which is just phenomenal we had 17 we needed and we got more than that so thank you so much please don't don't stop writing reviews that's exactly it we will set another target yeah we're not buying reviews but we feel if you're good enough to leave us a review we should give you something back definitely and you know feel free to get your friends to write a review write a review on your friend's phone um it really helps, and we sh- we shared something with the um, with some of the listener leagues over the week, where as it was yesterday, where we got the you know the latest rankings. We ranked again on iTunes in sports podcasts. We ranked above the DDFP uh, Dave Damashuk football program, which is just nuts to think that you know they're an established NFL podcast, and to be ranked above them is is incredible. Um, so, and it's down to the reviews. So you guys just sharing just gets more people involved and we get more people like Evan tweeting us saying, found your podcast and um, and then sending beers and we can send more promo codes to you and we can just share and do a lot more. So thanks so much to everyone who's written a review. We're going to announce the winners of the Black Book and the Consistency Guide tomorrow on tomorrow's podcast. So we will do that. Uh, anyone who's written a review, we will put the... Um, names in the hat we'll draw one out live on the pod and we will pick a winner so or two winners um so yeah that just you know thank you so much but yeah been some great reviews that have come in um we'll read them out well you can read them out i'm gonna one of them is an absolute belter yeah so you know we've got 63 ratings now which is pretty good I think we've got more than that. Well, it refreshed like Monday night. Right, okay. So this one says, Five Yard Rush Podcast, five star. Great podcast, really good information and strategies. Best UK podcast that I've come across. That's from Greedo Ruby, I guess. It's really difficult, you know, to read out usernames. Especially when they're all one One word. word yeah. like, where's the break in that? He, so he's in one of our listener leagues and yep. uh, picked up the call of arms and, and wrote us a review. So thanks so much. Really appreciate it. Fellow Bucks fan as well. So this next one, big fan of ours Pitsy Pitsy's wife has left a review five stars and it says anything to keep him quiet and not talk to me about NFL he says it's a fantastic podcast and told me to rate it five out of five thank you very much Pitsy's wife we know that you're secretly listening to this now and if you're not you should be because we just shout you out on the podcast <laughs> thanks Pitsy appreciate you man next one top guys top pod great content 
insights from some cracking people in the fantasy game. Definitely worth a listen if you want to turn from to turn from fantasy. Also runs into playoff contenders. That's from uh, Harry Egerton, the guy we met at the NFL Live UK thing. So thanks very much, Harry. Appreciate that. Great British FF pod five stars. Top job by these guys, keeping the content fresh, not just boring on about the same old rankings, same old players, and the same old strategy. Great guests from the UK and the US, providing new perceptions and opinions. And that's from L.B.F. via Apple Podcasts. <laughs> it's not obviously that, but cheers for that one next one's five star it just says brilliant love the podcast great balance of fantasy football and NFL news getting better and better each week appreciate that how we ph and then the next one is short and good snappy I like UK alternative that is well worth a try five stars informative fantasy talk with a stellar lineup of guests thank you JPS a GTI another great name there for me to try and <laughs> ring out on the podcast cheers pal <laughs> A must for newbies, five stars. These lads know their onions. Mm, I I know a couple of onions, big ones, little ones, spring onions. French. French. Mm. Shallots. That's shallot. I'm not naming any more. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sorry. I'm sorry. They offer great advice to experienced players and novices. Essential listening. Hashtag Rush Nation. That's from Nilo. Yeah, Nilo. Well done. <laughs> informative and fun five stars one of the best ff podcasts out there keeps getting better and better keep rushing and that is from 007 nerd thank you very much mr bond appreciate the love there thank you so much rush nation for the reviews we really do appreciate it and like i said it helps us trend in the right direction if we can help more of you out or just have more people listen to the pod we appreciate it yeah and before we go any further with the show and we'll, we'll get into the show uh in just a second we actually owe a listener a slight apology. I'm... You, I haven't shared this story with you yet. You might have caught it on the chat, but I'm, I'm not sure. But we had a listener who um, sent me a, well, sent us a tweet um, on, I guess it was Sunday, saying uh, it's, his name's Tom, and he's like, Hi, I'm TB Lakers in the Superflex draft. I'm guessing I'm holding up the draft. Basically, I dropped my phone in Padstow Harbour when I went to check the draft and lived 3.5 hours away, so only just got back. Happy for you to let it auto-draft while I'm trying to get onto Sleeper again. So basically, this guy was checking, because he's in one of the listener leagues, checking to see where he was with the draft. His phone went overboard into the harbour. He spent an hour trying to get it out, couldn't get it out, so basically his phone is somewhere at sea because he was checking in on the listener league draft. Oh my goodness. And... Long story short, he couldn't get into Sleeper because Sleeper then sent him a verification fo- uh, code to his phone, which he doesn't have. <laughs> <laughs> so he doesn't have a replace. Anyway, he finally got in touch with Sleeper and he finally logged on um, to Sleeper, but basically just said, look, just auto-draft me. I don't want to hold the league up. Like, I'll just take who I get. It's just one of those things. But I said to him, I said, I'm going to share this story. And people in the league were like, can you just auto-pick this guy? He's it up. I said, guys, he's genuinely interested. He's just like, something has happened. And I had to share the messages. And, oh, bless it. So, Tom, um, I told you I'd read it out. And I did. You're probably not going to listen to this till like, next week when you get your phone. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, uh, you know, if Nemo is out there listening... Because Tom's phone is accidentally flicked onto his favourite podcast provider. Hello, Nemo and uh, Tom's phone. If you're bubbling away, hopefully somebody finds you and t- sends you back to Tom. I mean, I know you won't be any good, but and Tom massively appreciate drafting whilst on a boat and dropping your phone 
I, you know, apart from the guy drafting on his wedding day, that's that's up there, my friend, with draft day stories. That's what I mean. This is the kind of dedication you get in five-yard rush listener leagues. It's not your average league where you're just waiting for somebody just to drain the clock and you don't know. You're getting people drafting on their wedding day and on the way to their honeymoon. We've got people drafting on their holidays in Florida right now. We've got people who are drafting at a harbor and losing their phones over the rails. And that's, that's just the level of dedication you get with five-yard rush. So... If you want to join our listener leagues, we will be doing more. We've launched seven. We've filled seven. There is going to be more. We we will keep doing leagues while there is still a demand for leagues. So um, I know two of the leagues we're going to do. One is going to be a tiered PPR league, which none of us have ever done. It's a brand new thing. I don't think anyone has ever... There might be some industry experts somewhere who designed it on like MFL, but it's now on Sleeper, so... We will do a league for that. If you're a relative novice, I mean, give it a crack. We would never say no. Um, but it might get a little complicated trying to um, work out who you want to draft there. Definitely one for seasoned PPR players for sure. Um, there will be some international interest in there as well. There is going to be someone from Australia playing in that. Um, good day, mate. So that'll be good. And um, I've promised him a spot. You'll hear the podcast uh, in a couple of weeks and we'll talk about it. But by then we would be in the draft, I assume. And then we will do another, I think probably just another uh, PPR, just a, a PPR league and um, promise the guys at uh, Beer Me Now a spot in that because he's like, really want to play in your listener leagues and play with some engaged fans. So I said, yeah, you can definitely have a spot. So we will open those up at some point this week when we get around to it. Talking of the listener leagues, Murph, before we move on, we are going to have t-shirts for the winners. Everybody is going to get a limited edition 2019-2020 fantasy season winners t-shirt. And they are not quite finished, the design yet. But what is finished is absolute goddamn fire. It's incredible. And I apologize for using moderate French on the podcast, but <laughs> they are so good. So need to big up our friend Lee over at All32. <clears throat> for hooking us up because he's done an absolutely stellar job so far and yeah if you win one of the leagues well if i don't win one i'm gonna be so annoyed so annoyed <laughs> because we will only do the amount of t-shirts for the amount of leagues we do well we we're in all the leagues so i do like our chances and i guess if we because we're drafting together we will have one each that's how i'm claiming it like Oh, yeah, so we need to win two in order for us both no, to get one. If we win one, but yeah, we're obviously we're, we're going to try and win them all, but I'm just saying that. Try. Come on, Murph. <laughs> but listen, it, we will be... And the other thing we're going to do is now, as long as we fill at least one more league, which I'm confident we will, we will then also do a tournament of champions next year. So actually, all the winners of the listener leagues will play in one elite league next year. All the winners against each other, and we'll do something fabulous for that. I'm just going to throw this out there now. I suggest we get a championship belt for that. Done. As long as people plan, promise to send it back after they finish their <laughs> season as champion. Well, yeah, we, we can see. Um, if not, we might just have to buy one every year, but... They could be quite a good. I mean, yeah, we we'll, we we'll see where we are. We are talking like eighteen months down the line. That's true. So, 
it's not something we need to think about immediately. Well, you know, Rush Nation need to know about this because they can get all excited on Twitter and stuff. Definitely. But so, yes, there will be t-shirts. The designs look amazing and that will be to win it and we will order them after. Obviously, there have been winners and conclusions and we'll get sizes and all that sort of jazz. Um, but they are going to be limited edition. They're going to be special. Um, and yeah, it's going to be great. For sure. Right, let's move on. The Scottish Fishbowl kicked off on Monday. Murph and I are lucky enough to be in that as analysts. And we're in the Sweet Tooth division. Now, this year, as mentioned on the podcast last week, all the divisions are after computer games. And ours is Sweet Tooth, who's a character from Twisted Metal. Now, I grew up gaming, and I'd never played Twisted Metal. I had absolutely no idea what it was, so I had to Google it. And I can only describe it as a sort of racing game where you attack each other with dangerous vehicles a bit like destruction derby but on a grander scale is that or is it more of a role-playing game where you drive around the city and stuff what twisted metal yeah i've never actually played it um i've only heard of it i think it's one of the i think it's an rpg right okay so it came out on the original playstation i googled it and sweet tooth is this crazy ass clown character from it who drives no, it's, it's a vehicle combat video game well there you go i was a bit you right, right. Um, yeah sweet tooth he's a clown and our avatar for scott fishbowl has been knocked up by somebody i'm not quite sure murph apologies uh sorry the ff statistics uh graphics team so we had matt williams on so he kindly mm. lent the resources of the graphics team with a small donation to fancy cares they knocked up the uh avatars so yeah, yeah was... shout out to them they, they were great we did tweet that out and uh Hopefully you've seen it on the Twitter, but if not, then uh, if Go. you're playing one of our listener leagues, I'm using it as an avatar at the moment because it just drives people scary. It is horrendously scary. Which I love. It's awful. I mean, I love it, but it is awful. Um, yeah, so started on Monday. People in our division, we've got Ali Fontana. Uh, she's a great follow for NFL and Fantasy Football Insight and is also part of the Fantasy Fix team. Michael Optis, uh, he's a fan of Fantasy Football, so he got in as a fan. David Kitchens, creative director of Roto Grinders and heading up the Fantasy Insiders and host of the Fantasy Insiders show. Us, uh, Murph and Stocks, hosts of Five Yard Rush. A couple of great guys. Listen to the podcast. Check that out. Justin Pickle is co-founder of the Hateful Eight podcast and he hosts with Tim Jablonski, who's from the UK and a big supporter of our podcast. So hi, Tim. Robert Cowper, college football and NFL draft writer for Reality Sports Online. Dwayne McFarland, he writes for MattWaldermanRSP.com, Fighting Chance and Football Guys, and co-host of one of Murph's favourite podcasts There's not enough people listening to, and that's the Fantasy Football Hustle. Mike Krafik, another huge fan of Fantasy Football. Stephen, Stephen, sorry, Middleton, hosts on ESPN 580am in Orlando. He's, so, what does that say, Murph? I, I just, I'm, I'm really stoked that we've got someone in Orlando playing with us so we've chatted and uh caught up about orlando a little bit so uh yeah top 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 guy he really really good guy yeah so works for espn on the radio oh nice okay cool and then james briacombe staff writer at the football guys great dfs and best ball fanatic uh and finally dave sanders co-host of the dynasty strategy hub podcast and they dropped their first episode last week yes had ryan mcdowell on who we had last week as well pretty big first episode yeah um Really good podcast. They're trying to do. They're going to focus more on dynasty uh, football strategy and try and do it in bite-sized chunks, like twenty to thirty minutes. But 
uh, yeah, really good podcast, brand new one to support. These guys are uh, and, and ladies are phenomenal people. Uh, just we've been chatting in the the Twitter group that's been set up. Really good people who just um, love what they do, and just uh, yeah, a lot a lot of fun amongst everyone. So if you have a chance to you know give these guys a follow, support what they do, um, then yeah, that'd be it'd be really great because they're really good people. Yeah, so you can support us in the Scotty Fishbowl 9 by... Just going... missing someone, sorry. I've left someone off. That's fine, carry on. Yeah, uh, it was someone that got added... Uh, only got added to the group a couple of days ago, so it was another fan. So we're actually playing with three um, three fans in our group, which is which is great. So, um, apologies. That's all right. Um, but yeah, so his Twitter handle is uh, am underscore misfit. Really sorry, didn't catch your name. Uh, Seattle fan... Um, but yeah, first year in the Scott Fish Bowl. He's a big um, DK Metcalf enthusiast and really likes playing the guitar. And he's a dynasty football elite. Uh, you know, elitist is what he says. So well. loves Superflex. So uh, really cool fan. He's on the West Coast and is uh, quite a bit behind. So we got it's interesting because we are eight hours ahead of him. So we're like the first ones up in the division. But if it's not on our pick, then obviously we have to wait for people and then. Uh, it goes cycles through most of the guys are, are, and get ladies are east coast and then you've got um you know a couple of west coast folks as well so uh but it's just been a really nice uh group of people but yeah if, check out their articles Dwayne McFarland in particular is someone who um i'm a big fan of there his podcast is really good his writing is just brilliant really top analytical but just a genuinely nice person and and ali is as well she's a member of the uh, fswa as well so um you know, not giving special mentions, but those two in particular, just really good follows, so check them out. Nice. Uh, I would like to mention we're 25 minutes in and this East End Hefeweizen is going down an absolute storm. Oh. Yeah. It's also making me a little croaky, so I apologise if that comes across, <laughs> but that's what it's doing to me. <clears throat> right, Rush Nation. This, like I just mentioned, the Scott Fish Bowl is underway. We are four rounds in now, Matt. When we're in the middle of the fourth, I'm just seeing if we're going to be picking online and or on the pod. Not at this moment. It could happen. Right. Okay. We're so three picks away. We we talked about the scoring and stuff. And if you want to know more, just at us on Twitter at Five Yard Rush, and Murph can send you a screenshot of the scoring system. We were drafting from the four spot in a twelve team. It's twelve. Yeah. So we took CMC at four. Because he was the last of the top four running backs who made it to us. I listened to the CBS podcast today and two of them, I can't remember who it is, sorry guys. They said that CMC went number one overall in their league. So to get him at four, Murph and I felt like we had a bit of a steal. I was playing with the numbers and CMC would have been the guy. If we'd been at the 101, I'd have advocated. I'd have been happy with any of them. But I just think with the way that the bonuses are structured, I think he's just... And that Carolina offense, I think, could be decent this year. Um, I think that would have been the tiebreaker for me over uh, Saquon. So then at the 2-9, we took, well, we consider it not a great risk. There are some in the industry who think it could be a big injury risk. And that's Todd Gurley at the 2-9, like I said. Now, if you take 25% of Gurley's stats from last year off of his final scores, he still finishes as the running back six. And to get the running back six at the 2-9 in a league where receptions, first downs are bonused, thanks very much. We'll take Todd Gurley even with 25% less of his stats from last year. And that's if that happens. I mean, if it's not, we could, in theory, have two of the top three rated running backs in the Scott Fish Bowl. Period. Period. Yeah. 
which is a great way to start your team. So, um, yeah, for us, we, we were toying with another pick um, who we then ended up taking with the 3.04, so even better. Yeah, so it is super flex, and the quarterbacks score a lot of points. So we consider, and interceptions are minus four, uh, minus six, actually, if it gets taken to the house. Yeah. So we wanted a quarterback who didn't throw INTs, and the absolute beast number one quarterback for that is Aaron Rodgers. So we thought, with it being super flex, let's take him here. And then Murph said, well, if Gurley is Gurley and we get him at the 2-9, we've absolutely won the first two rounds with CMC and Gurley. And I said, well, you know, we're not in this to come last. We're in it to win it. And if Gurley does go off, we've got a real good chance. So we let Aaron Rodgers slide, hoping that one of the good quarterbacks made it back to us. Luck, Rodgers, Watson. And lo and behold, Aaron Rodgers made it back to 3-0-4. Yeah, so Luck and Watson were taken and Rodgers was the one who made it back. So... Um, it wasn't just a case of, well, we took the guy who was left. It was actually, we took our guy and he happened to be the one that was left. So it kind of fell perfectly for us. Um, and we're waiting on, on our next pick. There's two guys we're eyeing up, um, waiting to see. We're not going to say until we make a pick, which will hopefully <laughs> be on air. Yeah, this is the only time we won't tell you who we want to take at this pick. Yeah, and it's just actually because we're still thinking about it ourselves. We don't want to rush it. it just, it's a great opportunity just to be in here and to speak to a lot of people. The community's been fantastic. And yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll announce it on Twitter soon enough. I've been announcing all the picks with GIFs. So, um, Have almost, you? Yeah, so I've been doing draft um, like with the, you know, with the fourth pick of the SFB9 Sweet Tooth division. We select you know, Christian McCaffrey running back Carolina Panthers. So we're doing it in a draft style and then with a GIF of the player. Did he have his guns out? Was he giving it the biceps? Um I did have him at full profile, not with the gun. Aaron Rodgers I had with him with the uh, Lombardi Trophy because um, with the ticker tape parade coming down and everything. So. Nice. Yeah. You know, we, we like to have fun. What can I say? For sure. Right. So that was our first few picks in the score fishbowl. We'll let you know how we get on further on into the week or next week, depending on how long it takes. It's taken a while to get to today's meat of the show, but it's been worth it. We're going to cover off, we did the Superflex strategy last week. It was very well received. A lot of people, um, it was interesting. We launched the Superflex uh, League off the back of that podcast. And then people were using the strategies that we put forward in the podcast against us when they were on the turn. It was almost like that sense of, ah, and ah, like that. um, Like a proud dad who's been kicked in the nuts. Yeah, that's that, that. That is it. That is the exact emotion. <laughs> or, or put it put it even better. It's like you've been nutmegged by your son, which you taught him. Brilliant. But then, rather than your son try and run around you, he's just tried to run through you and headbutted you <laughs> in the nuts. That's yeah. That was a good one. I like that. So yeah. So that's uh, that's what's happened. So we decided it's now the time. We've just come out of a, a live um, standard scoring draft, and we thought, what better time than having just done a, a live scoring draft ourselves? and to talk about some of the strategy behind it and basically how we, we would think about constructing rosters and maybe some pitfalls that people fall into. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit on some p- positions just not to draft until you absolutely have to and the reasons behind that. Because there's a bit of a misnomer in a couple of a couple of areas feeling I need to reach for this position and, and actually you don't. You should never really reach, especially in standard 
you haven't got a lot of reason to reach unless it's just your guy and you need to go get them. Absolutely. So what is standard? Well, standard isn't necessarily standard these days. When Murph and I started playing, standard was when you did not get a point for receptions. Whereas now if you go onto ESPN and Yahoo, I think standard is actually PPR. But the standard scoring format, which we are talking about today, is where you still get your points for yardage, touchdowns and so forth, but you do not get points for reception. And that tends to mean that receivers go later than running backs because receivers catch the balls and running backs also do, but running backs get the yards on the ground as opposed to receivers not so. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the you know what's what's key to understand with this is that wherever there's been advantages built up over time with um receptions and thinking about how many targets people get, it's purely this is just a, a pure production league. It's at how many yards they 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 produce. It's not about all these extra targets and and catches and loopholes and uh, extra gadgets and things like that it's literally just production only so um it's about finding the best players for the right value and it's it, you know this is the the key to standard is people just sit there and they they take um they take lists off the the internet from their favorite analysts and they go with that or they buy um rotowire's uh top you know 250 fantasy football player guides and and just literally copy that the thing you've got to remember is when most people are doing industry standards or basically industry standard rankings, they're taking the three formats, which is standard 0.5 PPR and full PPR as sort of an average um, rather than doing three separate lists. So if you're seeing if you get a publication and it only has like one list or one list of rankings, typically it will be 0.5 percent as the standard or it will just be a, a reflection based on on that so if you see an analyst and they put together a list of rankings and it is just one set of rankings and the scoring isn't taken into account don't assume it's standard and that makes a huge difference because if you assuming it's standard it's not there'll be players that are going to be rated higher based on the fact they'll catch a lot of passes um and therefore but they might just not be very efficient with those yards so you can get a player uh slot players who will be rated very highly in PPR but actually they're no no good in standard because they might only get a couple of hundred yards they just get a reception for two yards another reception three yards another reception two yards and just two you know point two point three of a point isn't going to help you but in PPR that's 1.2 so it does those kind of things matter as sort of the dump off ball so that's really one thing to consider so we're going to just talk you through Almost like round through round, we're going to talk through the first round in a little bit of detail. Then just round through round, we're going to tell you the sorts of players that are going to come off the board, um, who we would consider thinking about taking. We're going to refer- reference the live draft that we did, um, just about some things that you can see and whether it's worth considering whether they were right moves and wrong moves. And again, this is down to you. We're not saying that you listen to this and go... Well, that I'm just going to copy these guys. We're just doing this based off our experience of playing the format, and you've got to do you. And if you want to do something, that you do it. It's your team. You're the one that's going to manage that through the season. We can help, but you guys are going to be the ones that own it. So if you want to reach and get a guy, reach and get a guy. If he's your guy, do it. But we're just telling you what to kind of expect. And if you haven't been winning your league over the last few years and it's standard scoring, I guarantee you there's two or three things that we can suggest you change that will massively help you 
just by listening to this and adopting that strategy. It will just give you a better percentage chance of winning. Obviously, we can't guarantee wins because injuries, etc. But yeah, I think the one thing to point out is that the fact the top four points in standard half point PPR, full point super flex, basically whatever draft you are doing, the top four are going to be the four running backs we mentioned in the super flex episode. And that is purely because they are cheat codes for fantasy football. Absolutely. So those four, um, you can change the order based on the scoring format. So in in case you you haven't listened, it's the first time you're listening and you've heard us talk about beer for a few minutes and reviews and etc. The top four running backs are um, Saquon Barkley, Ezekiel Elliott, Christian McCaffrey and Alvin Kamara. I would say in this format, Zeke for me is the 101. Yeah, agree. I'm also leaning to having Zeke as my number one in all three formats. And I, and I can buy that. I, I don't, but I, I I don't think it's a huge difference. Yeah, I, to be fair, these four, I think if you want to take one of these four as your 101, it's completely preferential choice. I mean, there are a little bit of a drop-off for CSC and Kamara in standard just because of the amount of balls they catch but then Barkley catches a lot of balls and Zeke's on pace Zeke was on pace last year if you since Amari Cooper turned up to catch something like 112 balls so if you think he then suddenly becomes a PPR monster but is great in standard as well that's why I have him as number one yeah that's what I mean I, I buy that it's it's just down to production what they do on the field so Zeke is the one that will out of the four of these he will if fit, without suspensions, will put up the most rushing yards and he catches balls. Barkley will probably be second. Although you could probably make an argument either way. but I, yeah, and, I, and I buy that argument all day long. But I would say that Barkley probably doesn't do as much on the ground because I don't think he's got as good as an offensive line. But I think he will have more all-purpose yards. So I think he will grab more and therefore will overtake on more all-purpose yards. And that's why if you went Barkley 101, fine. CMC and Kamara are definitely more for your full point PPR strategy, which we'll get into um, in another episode. But those guys will will rush, but they you know they catch a lot more balls and they do just as much in the air as they do on the ground, or very very close. It's not the sort of eighty twenty; it's more like the it's more like a 55-45 sort of split, and so those guys aren't as valuable in standard so they should really categorically be the the three four but they're still head and shoulders above anybody else in this draft 100 percent. i mean yeah and if you do want to take them as your 101 you're not missing out as much as if you were going to take nuke or adams or michael thomas or someone along those lines absolutely someone you should mention as well is david johnson he's adp is now up to 105 which is crazy high considering the cardinals offense could be nothing and the hype, I mean, David Johnson, obviously, two years ago, was the number one running back in fantasy football. Three years ago. Three years ago. Apologies. Two years ago, he was injured. And then last year was the flat year. I mean, you say flat year, he, he finished up as the, the 109, 110. Yeah, I think he was 10th. But like I say, if, if that Arizona offense, and I'll mention this again on tomorrow's show, but if the Arizona offense is fire, DJ at 105, you know, he has the potential to finish in the top three just because of his skill set and ability. Absolutely. So just wanted to point him out as well. If you are at the five spot or or at four, if you're torn between possibly the CMC or Kamara, let's say Kamara or DJ are there. Well, D- they're both there, obviously. That's who I wouldn't 
I wouldn't hate on you for taking DJ over Kamara just based on the possibility that he could be top three. No, I, I, I get that. And I think it, it depends how you want to play this game. You're either going to play it risk averse or you're going to play it um, with, you know, with a bit of a gamble. DJ is definitely a gamble, but it's an intelligent gamble. It's not like saying it's not out of the realms of possibility he ends up in the top three this year. So I think that's what's important to understand. Absolutely. So we mentioned the top four. Picks five, I just mentioned DJ. And then uh, this is from our live draft, Murph, isn't it? So Well no, I just I just said these are guys that I would I'd be thinking about. The reason I've not done ours is ours is a ten team and not a twelve team. So but we like to go with the standard twelve team. That's pretty much the, the norm of drafts. So I've just basically put players based on their ADP you would expect to see go in picks five to eight, and that's Melvin Gordon, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, Devontae Adams, DJ, who you've mentioned, and Lev Bell. Or well, Lev Bell seems to be the one that is fading uh, out of that category, so I've kind of put him at the end of that. I think if you're looking at those players, so in our live draft, it was Gordon Hopkins, David Johnson went to the 1-7. Um, the one player that moved up in there is Julio Julio Jones yep. and Julio Jones. I can again, I can kind of make that case. The the one problem with Julio Jones is just touchdowns. Is he going to get the touchdowns? Because he'll get the yards and he'll get the targets. It's just whether or not he'll get the touchdowns because he was significantly lower than um, Adams and Hopkins last year in those categories. I and think that the sorry to jump in, Murph, but it was the second half of last year. Julio got eight touchdowns. So, I mean, I'm not saying he's going to do 16 next year, but there's a chance he increases from the eight he got last year. Absolutely. Like, I don't hate it. I don't think it's a horrible pick. I'm just saying that I can... You can jump on board. Yeah, absolutely. But, I mean, and, and the thing is, with these sort of picks, anywhere between five and 12, I don't think any of them are a reach. I don't think any of them are ridiculous. So, nine through 12, we've got Joe Mixon, the one player out of the above that falls, uh, Julio, Connor, and Thomas. And... In in the instance in the live draft, Adams fell to ten, Julio moved up to eight, and I totally get that. Like it that's not out of the realms of possibility. So these are the sorts of players you'll be looking at in the back end of drafts if one of the first four have gone. And then when it comes to deciding the player that you want, it's just really how you want to construct your team and thinking about who's gonna come back, because I think that's gonna be the difference between you, you know, winning or losing your league um a lot of players will go in with a strategy of rbrb zero rb one of each as balance and they're all fine but as we say if you're going in there with a preordained strategy you might miss value so you just need to be aware that yes okay it'd be nice to get balance or it'd be nice to keep to that strategy but actually if some opportunity falls to you you need to consider it um and that's what you've got to think about in the second round. We would never have projected in the Scott Fish Bowl, which I know is a different format. I'm not trying to get confused. We wouldn't have projected, and we never thought that Todd Gurley was going to be in our discussions at the 209. We no. just didn't think it would. So we're sitting there thinking like, okay. And in a preordained strategy, our in our heads was always going to be Aaron Rodgers. And like that's where, if he was there, that was the player we were thinking about we were going to take. We wanted to get an elite quarterback on board for a Superflex League just to build our roster. Well, in fairness, Murph, sorry to jump in yeah. again, we would have done the Murph strategy of take two quarterbacks in the first three rounds and try and force the run, you know. It's not my favourite play, but 
Murph does his numbers far better than I do. And with him saying, I think we should do this, he, he did say that it's not my favourite player as well. So he wasn't saying we're doing this. He just said, I think we should. And I jumped on board because of the point scoring in the Scotty Fishbowl. I think it was just the fact that Gurley happened to be there when we needed to pick. And and don't be surprised if that happens. I mean, take for our live draft, for instance. I was drafting from the sixth spot. I took Nuke with the 1-6 because I wanted to go wide receiver, wide receiver again. And that I wasn't necessarily locked for my second wide receiver. But then... So I took Nuke at 1-6, and we mentioned Michael Thomas being a top 10 pick in standard. All of a sudden, Michael Thomas makes it back to me at the 2-5. So then, I wanted Gurley, and I thought Gurley would slide, but then Josh Drink sent me a message, and he was torn between Michael Thomas and Gurley. And I said, if I was you, mate, Gurley's a value in standard where you are now. If he plays, if he's Gurley, then you, if you take Gurley in the second round and he is Todd Gurley, you win that pick of the draft regardless because yeah. last year Gurley was the 101 absolutely I, I couldn't agree so more. you know I'm in the same draft as Josh and he texts me asking me for advice and I give, I said Gurley's the Gurley is the value here and then I took Michael Thomas and he texts me then saying oh you know you just wanted Michael Thomas I said no not really I would quite happily have been happy with Juju but the Juju went the pick before me so Michael Thomas was there and I snapped him up and that goes against pretty much everything I've just told you not to draft wide receivers early in standard I don't think it's a bad play if they're uh, if they're elite. So I put, I drafted in the one four and I took Alvin Alvin Kamara. He was the guy who was there. I didn't deviate from what I was thinking. But the way that the round falls, it's James Connor, Odell Beckham, Todd Gurley, Juju, Michael Thomas, Lev Bell. So if you notice here, when it gets back to me, now this is ten team. So this is seventeen picks in. The only players that have come off the board are wide receivers and running backs, and that is pretty normal that is going to be the case for most leagues especially in standard you will get kelsey go early in in some leagues but he shouldn't yeah so i had the decision do i want to take travis kelsey or do i not i went antonio brown how much what percentage wise were you taking kelsey at that point oh five percent oh right okay so it was a fleeting shall i no it pretty much i i just don't I just don't buy into taking a tight end early in a standard format. In a tight end premium, it's a different conversation. In a PPR, I would have had a think. I'm not sure I, I would have had a think. I'm not sure I would have done it, but I would have certainly taken a bit of time on it. In a standard league, I don't see the value. I don't understand the value of taking a tight end. He might be better than everybody else at the position, and I absolutely have no doubt of that. But to give up the chance of taking... Um, the chance of taking an Antonio Brown who in Oakland is going to be all the focus. We're talking about a potential Hall of Fame player. You know, the the player I turned down for him was Mike Evans. So that they were the two I was thinking about. And actually, I really hated the way that this draft went because it went very sensibly <laughs> to the point where actually I wanted Kelsey to go before and it would have left me an extra player that went. So I would have had a conversation on say a Juju or a Michael Thomas or Left Bell. They were the kind of guys I was kind of hoping would get back to me and hoping someone would reach and take Kelsey. And when it doesn't, I was like, damn, this has actually gone the way that it should do. Yeah. And that's actually quite annoying um, because then I'm like, okay, what do I do? So I went, I went with Antonio Brown because I liked the running back situation still on the board. Um, I knew I was going to get somebody back who I wanted and, um, and I really wanted to just have a bit of stability there and have a bit of 
the way I was going to construct my roster was just to have a bit of balance at the wide receiver and running back positions. So I really wanted someone who was going to be, for me, easily a top 10 player at a wide receiver, um, who's going to get a lot of volume, a lot of pressure. Yes, I know that we've talked about this moving to a new team. There's a risk there, but I really like what he's going to be able to bring. Um, and for me, I think his upside was slightly higher than Evans. I think Evans needs a lot of targets to produce to the volumes he has done. And I think with the way that Arians is going to play the ball, I think he just goes for open players. And I think Evans is still a great shout, but I think I just went, I just aired on that extra upside and slightly safer floor. And that's where I went with Brown. But again, both pick, and then Kelsey goes to pick after the one pick in this. I, I didn't agree with in the first two rounds. You could make a case for any players, any position wide receiver running back didn't have a big problem with the way that this draft went, as I said, was pretty balanced. Everybody tended to go one. So if we look at the back in the draft, it was the 10 spot went wide receiver, running back. Nine was running back, wide receiver. Um, Josh Drink went wide receiver, running back. <laughs> um, you know, we had running back, wide receiver. You went wide receiver, wide receiver. Um, the, James, the commissioner, went running back, running back. I mean, both valid strategies, not a problem. The one pick was the 102 spot that went George Kittle. And I just feel that is such a, a huge gap. Like, I just think that that, for, for where we're playing in standard, I didn't get it. And I just think for me, that's such a reach. I think you're passing on such great elite value. You can still get a top. I mean, like, for me, Mike Evans was the play there. I, I think, as well, had he have known... Because obviously Dre was drafting at one and Dre knows fantasy football fairly well, wouldn't have taken Kittle. I think there's a good chance he could have taken Mike Evans there yeah. and Kittle would have got back to him at 100%. three. And I think that's knowing the people in your league as well. So that that's something to, to think about um, as well. But anyway. Yeah. So it got back to Then the running back started, didn't they? Fournette, Cook, Freeman. It got back to you and you took Derek Henry. Absolutely no brainer here. I mean, Devonta Freeman would have been the one. I'd have, if they're both still on the board, I'd have had the conversation with myself. But I'm really happy to get Derek Henry here. Yeah. Um, yes, it, I know there's a bit of inconsistency there. But but he is a standard monster. He doesn't catch the football, but his yards per carry and the way he plays in that Titans offense is perfectly suited for standard. He, he was a league winner last year. And then you're looking at the guys around him who I missed out on which was Marlon Mack Damian Williams Nick Chubb Josh Jacobs they're not a discussion for me yeah no I completely agree I had Derek I did not think Derek Henry would go at the beginning of the third round so if he had been there in the middle of the third round I would have snaffled him up I then picked two after Murph and I took Marlon Mack again the same sort of situation as Derek Henry doesn't catch the ball too much because Naheem Hines is in the backfield behind him doing third down work but the Colts' offensive line is possibly the best in football at the moment. And with Marlon Mack being healthy all season, I thought it was a good number one running back to stick into my lineup. A couple of wide receivers then went. Damien Williams, Nick Chubb. It got back to the fourth round and it got back to me. And then Zach Ertz was there at the fourth. And I thought, you know what? I don't really own him anywhere. There isn't anybody I massively like here either. I needed another running back. And the only running back I was considering was Aaron Jones. And I thought you know what, I'm going to take one of the elite three tight ends here. Zach Hurts in the fourth. It's not a reach. It's not, you know, I'm not having overpaid for him here. So I think it was a decent pick. Yeah. So so I think just to expect in the, in the third round, the players you can be expecting to come off the board are Kittle, Hurts, and actually in his ADP range, Mahomes. 
So it was a slight shock in this league that Mahomes didn't come off the board. He came off the board to pick after you. He went to James. So I was never going to pick him, let's be absolutely honest. Absolutely not. So. Neither was I. So he was never going to go to you or me. In fact, I think I was the last player in the league to take a quarterback, um, which we'll get to. So basically the way that we're structuring this is, unless in the rare occasions where a player falls to you, like like with Stocks here, he's taken Ertz in the fourth round, which I don't hate at all. I think when you're in the fourth round, it's that's, that's fair. Like you're going to get, you're not buying him at his ceiling. You're buying him at, what his value is, but then you've seen his ceiling on 2018. And if he performs to that level, you've picked up value. If he performs where he is, where he should fall, which is around about 800 odd yards and, you know, eight, seven, eight touchdowns. And, you know, that's someone that in the fourth round, you think, yeah, okay. I, that's, that's about where he should be. I think he's as good as any of the receivers, possibly not Amari Cooper, but I didn't want him. I think he's about as good as any of the receivers in that range there. And then to be able to play him in my tight end slot as yeah. opposed to my wide receiver. So then receiver. now you're buying over the position to where he becomes a, a slight value. But the one thing is he's definitely not a reach. But if you get his ceiling of 1,163 yards and 116 receptions and eight touchdowns, then happy days. You've picked up an absolute steal in the fourth. So this is where we talk about drafting at their, drafting at their value, not their ceiling. And that's what's key. Ertz in the second round, is you're buying 2018 Zach Ertz. I'm not confident you ever see that again. And we'll talk about Zach Ertz in a bit more detail tomorrow. I don't think you'll see that again. Whereas in the fourth round, if you're buying in for 800-odd yards or 850, 900-odd yards, I buy that. Like, I go, okay, that's fine. And that doesn't sound like a lot of difference. But the players that you could get around in the third, like, you would have passed on Marlon Mack. And he doesn't come back to you. So... That's where you've got to consider, um, and that's where people tend to go wrong. Same with reaching for the quarterback here. People buy into 2018's Mahomes. You're buying him at his ceiling. He is not going to throw 50 touchdowns this year. He's just not going to do it. Three people in the history of the NFL have thrown 50 touchdowns in a season. Like It's not going to happen. Like It's so rare. So he's going to get regression in each category he's got. Now, listen, I'm not saying he's not going to be great. I'm not even saying I don't personally think he's going to be the QB1. But it wouldn't shock me that he would be. But I don't think he's going to get the same production. So don't buy him at his ceiling. Buy him at his value, which is around the fifth round. If you pick, if Mahomes is still there in the fifth round, you went and got him, all for you. Buy that. Go, that's fine. You're buying him at where he should go. You're not buying him at his ceiling. James took him in the fourth round, which I don't love, but I also don't absolutely hate. Like, if he'd done it in the third, I wouldn't do it, and you wouldn't do it. But... At least in the fourth, you've bought cover. So you're saying that there's going to be some regression, but you are still buying him at a reasonably high ceiling. And if he performs at 45 touchdowns and, and 4,800 yards, he's he's a good pick there. But I can't do it. So I after he goes off the board, which is fine, I wasn't expecting to get Mahomes, I went with Amari Cooper. She said, for me, was the best wide receiver available. I've then got two stud wide receivers, two stud running backs, uh, all four for me have top 12 ceiling, which is what I'm looking for. Absolutely. I mean, I the two people I picked, Zach Ertz, like I and Murph both said, and I the two people who picked before me took on and Josh Jacobs, and I would have taken either of those as my second running back in the fourth round, but they both went. I had to pivot, and I picked Zach Ertz. I mean, people who you expect to go in round four is Drake, Lindsay, 
Cooper Cup, Darius Geis, OJ Howard, maybe Luck, maybe Watson. They could all make it to the fourth yeah. or make it off the board at the fourth. And as it was, they went later in our draft. Lindsay made it to the fifth. Sonny Michelle was the fifth. Edelman went early at 4-2. That's somebody listening to podcasts here and there. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I, didn't, I didn't love Edelman at 4-2. No, it's a little rich for me, if I'm honest. Fifth round, I'm, I'm in. And it, people say, well, that doesn't sound like a big difference. And if he's your guy, then that's fine. But for me, I just, I I think it's a bit, I, I like the draft on value. So for me, he's not a value there, but he is in the fifth round. Yeah. So Murph's six picks went running back, wide receiver, running back, wide receiver, running back, wide receiver. So as he mentioned, balanced his team out perfectly. Mine went a little differently with me taking a tight end in there as well. And then... I took Kenyon Drake in the fifth and Cooper Cup in the sixth, who I think was a bit of a steal there. But then, <clears throat> excuse me, Chris Godwin and Mike Williams were both there. So that was a sort of toss-up between all three of those position players at that position. I needed a wide receiver and I took Cooper Cup. Uh, Murph then took, who did you take then? Mike Williams. So you benefited from me not taking him. Yeah. And then, go on, carry on. No, I, said that, I was hoping Godwin would get back to me, but Godwin went the pick before, so... Yeah, no-brainer no for me to take Mike Williams here. Worth noting that James White came off the board at 6'9 here, and I don't like that pick in standard. In any other format, I'm loving it. But in standard, I just I don't think he gets a huge amount of production. No, we'll talk about him a bit more tomorrow. So then you took your first tight end at 7'4, Evan Ingram, which is perfect value for me. Yeah, I, it was a strange one because it wasn't something I had in my plan. But I kind of looked at... Lamar Miller came off the board, who was someone I would have targeted potentially there. Um, so I'm kind of looking around like there's four tight ends off the board. I could just sit there and stream the position like I do most years, but the gap between Engram and what the rest of the league have got a tight end isn't massive in standard. Maybe to Kelsey, it's a bit, but to get him in the seventh, which is five rounds after Kelsey and five rounds after Kittle, I don't think him and Kittle are going to be miles apart in standard. I think that there'll be a difference, but I, I don't think the difference is going to be more than, three odd points a game maybe four at a stretch so i'm sitting there and i've got my guy five rounds later like yeah. it's massive what i've been able to build in the interim and i've got really good balance like like you've mentioned so for me it's just it's just about building your team we know that there's so much running back durability running backs just get hurt and wide receivers just have cold days so to have as many guys as you can get in the room just to fill, so you're not having to rely off waivers week one to try and pick up a league winner, you've got as many of them stashed on your roster as possible. So yeah, it wasn't where I envisioned taking a tight end, but the situation played, I thought Engram would go higher. And I was like, okay, in the seventh round, I can buy that. Exactly the same as me and Ertz in the fourth. So when it came to my seventh round pick, I took Dante Pettis. I thought, take the number one in San Francisco. Okay. It's a pretty good pick in standard. Jimmy seems to... You know they they like had a good rapport when Jimmy was fit. I wanted to take Aaron Rodgers here, but I thought there's still uh, to this point only Mahomes had gone, and we're talking seventh round now. So I think Luck had gone. Had he gone at seven two? Okay, so Andrew Luck had also gone, but In I thought round. there's still Baker Mayfield, Matt Ryan, Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson. It's worth noting that won't happen in your drafts. Quarterbacks will fly off earlier. I just I just don't see a world in standard where those guys are going to be worth a lot more than everybody else but if you do then take your guy but um as i mentioned i was the last person to take a quarterback here i had a guy in mind who i wanted and to get him as late as i did i was delighted yeah so 
to fill that void, the couple of quarterbacks went, Watson, Rogers, and Mayfield went, and I thought, you know what, my starting lineup now is pretty good. I'm going to take one of the top quarterbacks, and I took Matty Ryan, who we all know, mentioned it on the pod many times, has got pretty much all of his games indoors or at favourable favorable weather conditions. So I thought, I'm going to take him, plug him in as my one. Now the next pick, James took the Jacksonville Jaguars DST. I hate this pick. Yeah, me too. It's way too early. But we'll talk about DSTs in a little bit, Murph. Uh, I'm going to start firing through this a smidge. Yeah. Um, you then took Rojo, which... I took him for upside. I looked at the running backs on left on the board. So the running backs on the board and the running backs that came off not long after this were Austin Eckler, Royce Freeman, Latavius Murray, Darrell Henderson, Jordan Howard, Miles Sanders. Yeah. They were the last. They were the next six, which tells you the position. So I'm going to get the one in Tampa in the eighth round over what is left on the board is twos. Yeah. Well, I'm, mostly. So I had a running back that I reached for. I reached for Royce Freeman in the ninth. Now we had Cody Rourke on a little while ago. He was bigging him up. He knows his Denver Broncos inside and out. And we're talking standard here. Not PPR, but standard. Royce Freeman is going to run the rock a lot in Denver. And right, Philip... He's the 1.5 then. Yeah, so it's 1A, 1AB yeah. really in Denver. But Philip Lindsay catches more balls. So he's he's more of a PPR half point sort of guy than Freeman. And I thought to get Freeman in the ninth was a bit of a... Not a steal, but I didn't think it was bad value considering he could be. A, if he gets 1,000 yards and I've got him in the ninth, it's pretty good cover. Then in the 10th, I took Kareem Hunt because if I'm in contention running into the playoffs and I get Hunt at the 10th round, that's a bit of a steal. I took Kyler Murray late on and then I was the only person to go double DST just because I was super happy with my lineup. One thing I would like to mention about my lineup is we were doing this via WhatsApp if you weren't at the draft and Matt Brieda got taken for the coin team because Sparky wasn't there picking. Josh needed to pick a kicker and I accidentally put my kicker who I wanted on the chat group, and then Josh went and took him. So thanks for that, mate. Appreciate it massively. Lots of things I could say right now, but won't. <laughs> Such a snake move, considering I help you out so often. I loved it. Expect nothing back. So I finished up my team. So I'm in the ninth round. I still, I'm at this point, the only team when I pick, the only team, oh, am I? You are. You took the last. No. The coin took a quarterback in the ninth. I took Tyler Boyd at the 9-4. Massive upside potential for wide receiver. I have him in my top 24. To get him in the ninth round for me was great. Then Russell Wilson went to the coin. I was left with the last quarterback. People started thinking about taking backups, which just baffled me. And that really confused me. Not me. No. <laughs> so I took I took Jameis off the board. I picked Jameis because for me, I have him statted as the QB5 this year. So the last QB, I've got him in the 10th round. For me, he's a steal. I'm really happy with that. I then went D.D. Westbrook in the 11th. Again, for me, is a massive uh, value pick. I'm really happy to pick him up. Um, I backed up Engram with Noah Fant. Um, to be perfectly honest, I was so happy with my team at this point. I just picked up darts and just thought, if Noah Fant is half <laughs> of what I think he's going to be, let's punt it and... Do you know what? If not, he's my backup tight end. I'm not overly fussed. Um, Damian Harris, I took to... I don't normally handcuff uh, running backs my own. But with Harris, I don't necessarily see him as just a handcuff. I am worried about Sony's knee a little bit. So to get him in the uh, 13th round, I'm delighted. Because I think, one, 
I have the New England back, which is always a solid fantasy play. But then on top of that, I've got a guy who in his own right can be very active in this in this uh in this league he's pretty much free. Um I took my backup quarterback at, um <laughs> in the fourteenth round and I took Lamar Jackson for the running upside. Um again the fourteenth round, I just don't care your people at this point. Um the fifteenth round I took my kicker, I took Kaimi Fairbairn. I, I thought you would take a DST before a kicker, and I thought Kami might get back to me, but he never made it. No. Um, I asked the question live in the draft. I don't want to draft a DST. I'll I didn't just... want to draft a kicker. No, After Josh shafted me, I did not want to draft and a And I kicker. didn't want to draft a DST, and I was told I had to draft a DST, which annoyed me. I was like, I'm pretty sure I don't have to. I was like, no, you have to draft. The commission said I had to draft a DST. So I had another player in mind. I might drop my DST. I picked the Bills. Ultimately... And I'll go through the stats in a minute. I don't care about DSTs. In the, in this format, it's just the person who takes who they think is the one goes early. And then sort of the top three or four go off the board by the 12th, 13th round. And it's pointless after that. So there's no point in... I Literally, it's just like, I don't get it. There's not a big gap. And I'll go through the reason why you shouldn't take a DST till the 15th, 16th round. I, whatever you flip... Um, but anyway, I took the Bills because they got uh, the Jets week one. And I might just cut and paste. I might just pick up DSTs all through the season. Yeah. I just don't. Bit I of think. streaming a DST never hurt. I took the Denver Broncos because they play the Oakland Raiders week one. And I'm hoping that the Raiders aren't firing week one and orange and blue can, can go crazy. Yeah. So I guess the point of this, and the reason we talk through the teams is to give you some context to it. But ultimately... First six rounds, unless something miraculous happens like Ertz falling in the fourth, just take running backs and wide receivers. Just fill your team up. They're the two most used positions. They've got the most roster spots available to them. Stock your Stockpile your team with good, solid players. Just get good, solid players that are going to perform for your team week to week. Then fill in the rest. Tight end, not that important. Unless you get Kelsey, which... I just I don't buy the value. People do that's that's good for them. In this format, I don't get it. But you know, if you do and that's your guy, not a problem. Someone's got to take him right in every division, in every league. If you're not, you can just sleep on guys. You can just take a tight end much much later. Um, I actually messed up on my board. I was when I took Fan. There was a guy I should have taken instead. And I, this is what happens when you're drafting in three leagues. Plus, I was doing our league on on Sleeper so everyone could see it because people weren't there. And I actually would have taken Austin Hooper, but I missed him on my board. <laughs> so I took Fan because I love Fan. I'm not bothered. It's my backup tight end. Like, Engram will play most weeks, but that was a slight mishap on me. But anyway, the, the point is just build your roster value with running backs, wide receivers. Go that for the first five, six rounds. Then start filling in your roster, get your QB. But ultimately, when you get to 10, rounds 10 to 16, get backup QB, get maybe a backup tight end, and just pick up a couple of nice value pieces. Target wide receiver ones and running backs with solid upside. So some players you should think about taking in a standard format. I put guys in here and then actually realize they're probably not a great fit. Uh, D.D. Westbrook for me. <laughs> um, uh, Adrian Peterson, definitely. Um because there's so much uncertainty over guys. Harris, who I mentioned, I think is someone who plays the season. Uh, Devin Singletree, I think, is another one who could get some game time. I know I put the wrong name in the sheet. 
Um, Samuels, Jalen Samuels, Dion Lewis, who everyone in the world has forgotten about. Well, he didn't get drafted in our league. No, exactly. Albert Wilson. They're, these are the sorts of players who are worth picking up and just having in your league and then just thinking about what you want to do. Um, because if any of those guys hit, you massively shoot up the value in the board. So if you're leaving yourself with roster spots to fill, then you know, you're going to potentially miss out on that. The same way that if you... If you're having to rely on those guys to be effective because you've overdrafted at other positions, it might work. But this is why people make mistakes every year and they take guys late on because they absolutely love them. And then when they don't deliver, they've relied on them too much. I I took D.D. Westbrook as, hey, if he goes off, I'm laughing. I've got trade bait or I've got an extra player to put in my lineup to take someone who gets injured. I No way do I think D.D. Westbrook is going to play more than a couple of games in my team. He's going to cover buys at best because of the guys I've got. I can't see a route that D.D. Westbrook is going to play over Antonio Brown, Amari Cooper, and Mike Williams. Or Tyler Boyd. Or Tyler Boyd. I mean, so I've got D.D. Westbrook as my fifth wide receiver. The only way D.D. plays in your squad is if one of your running backs goes down injured and you need to trade for a stud running back and you have to get rid of a stud wide receiver to do so, knowing that D.D. can fill in for you. Exactly that. So this is what I mean. It's just... These are the variables you get by having by taking so much strength at the start of the draft of wide receiver running back. That's where you've got to to put all your effort in. And if you just try and get too cute or a bit clever, it it might fail. Like if you put all your eggs in, and it could be true of any player, if you've gone all in on Kelsey and he goes down week one, like that advantage you have over that position is gone. But the players that you've taken, you could have got around there just to build a stability. Whereas if I lose. Week one, I lose Alvin Kamara. That's a massive blow. But it's not catastrophe. I'm annoyed, but it's next man up in my roster. So next man up in that situation is Rojo and then Damian Harris. Which I don't really want to rely on Damian Harris that early, right? But at the end of the day... It's possible. It is possible. So let's talk some DSTs, Murph. We talked about taking them pretty much with the last pick and then streaming them. There's never been the same... DST one for the last four years. The Bears did it. The Bears did it last year with 183 points. The Jags did it in 2017 with 190. The Eagles did it in 2016 with 157. The Cardinals in 2015 with 185, and the Eagles in 2014 again with 177. The difference in points per game between the first and twelfth DSTs last year was five points a game. In 2017, it was 5 points a game. In 2016, it was 2.25 points a game. In 2015, it was 3.3 points a game. And in 2014, it was 3.4 points a game. So what we're essentially saying here is, it doesn't matter which DST you draft, because you'll be able to stream one of the top 12 playing a decent matchup that week. And essentially, you're giving up 3 points a game in which we feel we could arm you with a decent enough knowledge to be able to fill that void with players drafted earlier on. I go back to this. You pretty much cannot predict who the DST1 is going to be, but more importantly, I want you to look at last year's scoring. So the Bears finished 52 points clear of the Rams in second with 183. Right? The Bears haven't been on this list at any point. So... It's a statistical outlier. The odds of them repeating as the number one are very slim. On top of that, look at the scoring of the other four teams. 
120, 124, 120, 115. The Steelers, the DST-12, was 102. So that's a difference of 29 points, which is less than a point and a half a game. So if you take the Bears out, if you take the Bears out. But the reason I mention this is the scoring last year was so much lower than it ever has been. And the listen, there's conjecture here. The reason I believe that is, is what rule came into play last year? Roughing the passer. Yep. So the roughing the passer rule comes in. People were getting penalized, especially in the early weeks. They were getting over penalized for rushing the passer. So where there were potential sacks were getting ruled off for penalties and people were backing out of tackles more than they potentially were in the past. I think that has had a massive effect on the scoring. And I think that is why this... And also, we're in a league now where more offense than ever before is created. And I think that trend continues. So I think with more points being scored week to week, and that has gone up consistently over time, mixed in with those uh, roughing the passer penalties, I think that 130 to 112 maybe, or to 102 isn't necessarily sustainable. But I don't think you're going to get the 180s, 170 scores that people have received in the past. And I think the scoring drops down to more like a 150, 140. And if that's the case, and the lower that the number one is and the number two is, the gap of points per game gets less. And when you're talking about two or three points per game, why are you drafting a DST? Or if you are, why are you drafting them outside of... The last, the last round. Or the last two rounds. If you And again, kickers are similar. So it's amazing the difference between uh, first and 12 in kicking. This is the stats from the last five years. 2.7 points per game last year. 2.7 points per game the year before. 2.6 the year before that. The outlier 2015 was 3.2 points a game. And then 2.4 points a game in 2014. So by drafting the best kicker in the game, you are getting an advantage of about 2.5 points a game. Is that going to win you your league? Nope. No. You Wait. might squeak a week on the result of it, but that is the best you're going to get. So my point is, I really hate the fact that kickers don't matter because they do. They are important. But I do think in standard scoring, the, the scoring is broken. We had this chat. We've had it on the podcast before. We won't rehash it. And therefore, in standard scoring, where there is no customized scoring, there is just no point in drafting a kicker or there is a point drafting kicker if you've got to draft one and you've got to have one, but there's no advantage to taking a kicker early. There's no advantage to taking a DST early because the chances of you hitting a Bears outlier with 183 is just it's just not going to happen. Like if you get lucky, it is luck because there's no statistical analysis that can help you. You're not talking about statting one guy and gaining his progression. You're statting. 11 starting players plus a number of other backup players that come in and rotate in and out. You're looking at more like 20-odd players into one collective unit and one collective scoring. Yeah. And then you're taking real-life game scenarios on top of it. You can't stat it. It is luck. Don't give yourselves a a weaker squad by punning on luck. Forget the DSTs and kickers. By all means, if you've got a sleeper that you think isn't going to go drafted and you want to take them in the 16th round, and you want to get a little bit of an advantage and go with a DST kicker 14, 15 round, fine. Like, I don't hate that strategy. If you've got a guy, and you think, I've looked at the ADP, I want to go for a guy, I don't think he's getting drafted, Dion, Dion Lewis, Jalen Samuels, for example, 
I get that. I have no problem with that strategy at all. I think fine, like go for it. But if you are seriously thinking of, like, here's a great one for you, Mike Gazicki, a tight end. If you want second tight end, go with Mike Gazicki because he's going to have a great opportunity to do that. We'll talk about him tomorrow. <laughs> then, then take the 14-15 spotters, kicker, DST, and whatever order you like. That I don't really hate if you know you're going to get a guy who's, who's going to go undrafted. Oh, more to the point, if you really want Mike Gazicki, you take him at 15. Take him as your third to last pick. Or take him to the third 14th. to last pick because yeah. then you're going to take your DST kicker last and yeah. at least you then get your guy. But no. even if you want to get a quote-unquote advantage and there's a small points-per-game advantage in the 14th, 15th round, I don't hate it. When you're reaching in the 8th round for a DST or in the ninth round and everyone in your draft, someone in your draft will do it, just laugh. Just laugh <laughs> at them because it's just, it's just you're not, they're not gaining an advantage. For that pick in the 8th round to pay off, the Jags will need to put up over 200 points and they would need to have a point-per-game average over the rest of the field of about seven, which isn't going to happen. Well, the stats don't lie, and they're in front of me. So, no. Murph, I would like to point out, we're on the clock in the Scott Fishbowl. Ooh, let's do that now. Okay. Let's do it, and then we'll cut the show. Rush we... Nation, I would like to apologize. Are we on the clock? We are. I've had an email to say we're on the Ooh, clock. I've not had that email. I've only seen that AJ Green has gone. Uh, Kenyon Drake has gone. <gasps> wow. Yeah, I told you. So, Rush Nation, again, I would like to apologize. We have run a little long today, but we feel that all this strategy is going to benefit you coming into draft season, and I know you don't really mind. So while Murph drags up the draft board, I would like to say we would massively appreciate those five-star reviews. Keep on coming in. Give us a follow on all social medias at 5 Yard Rush and download the podcast on all your favourite podcast providers. Murph, who are we taking, brother? Well, we talked about this beforehand. We talked about it in the car on the way here. It, the choice is on Johnson or Josh Jacobs. Ah. <sighs> That is such a hard call. Uh, I, yeah. I I don't want to take the scoring into, like the bonus scoring into too much consideration because they can really fuzz your thinking. In fact, what week is Christian McCaffrey on by? He's week seven by. Let's think about this. Gurley's later. So actually... Gurley's but, nine, McCaffrey's seven. And these guys have early Josh buys. Jacobs is six and Johnson is five. Fun. Got a rookie versus a player who showed some real flashes. I would like to say that there's about six points in it based on my rankings. They're back to back in my rankings as well, which doesn't help. I say mine. Some of mine. Um, I, do you know, I want to take carry on purely because we're talking about him tomorrow. <laughs> uh, hang on one sec. So I'm going to look at one last thing and see what games out based on the scoring projections. So Carry on Johnson is ranked nine places above. Oh, well, there you go, Murph. Pull the um, trigger on Carry on. With a projected points total of just under 300, whereas Jacobs is 270. And he's a rookie. With the upside being 334 for Johnson and 310. We are going to take Carry on Johnson. Boom, you heard it here first, Russian Nation. Carry I haven't on. even put it in. Is here. The pick is in. Expect the gif on the Twitter coming pretty sharpish. Yeah, as soon as we get off the air. Murph, mate, this has been an absolute hoot. Love this show. Shout out the boys at beermenow.co.uk. Go use the promo code 5 Yard Rush for your £12.50 beers and snack. You will not be disappointed. 
the heifer Wesson Bison I can't even talk anymore it's strong and it's gone Murph's the Raspberry Ripple was sensational that is also and it's gone Murph I'll catch you tomorrow on the 100 show Rush Nation as always don't forget keep rushing Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi. I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.